This is Conquering Columbus. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Conquering Columbus podcast. This is Mike, your co-host, here to give you a quick preview on what you can expect from today's episode. This time around, we're talking with Jeff Excel, who founded Fox in the Snow with his wife, Lauren, back in 2014. Today, they have several locations as well as a variety of restaurants under their management. And during the show, we discuss the story of the Fox in the Snow, as well as some of their new ventures. We start talking with Jeff about how Fox in the Snow came to be and how it may have been a clever trick by Jeff's father-in-law to get them to come back to Columbus. I was like, what a dad move to like get his daughter to come back. Because <laughs> I'm thinking of my own daughter. I'm like, I would totally do that. Right. You should just come back and do it yourself. Like, You know what? It worked. Yeah. And it's yeah. been really nice to have her parents around. Later, we talk about the challenges of doing business with your significant other, as well as the benefits. When you're working in a partnership, and especially with your significant other and a lot of money's involved that's not yours, you very quickly find what you're good at. Turns out, I thought, I was like, I'm going to design this shop to be so cool and beautiful. Turns out I can't do that. I am really bad at that. My wife is really good at it. And so every beautiful thing in the shop and everything that looks good and perfect in the shop is my wife. She thinks about every single detail and that's why the shop looks amazing. And that's why the food looks amazing and tastes amazing. We wrap up talking about Jeff and Lauren's newest venture, Icarus, and discuss what the future may hold for them. This thing in Columbus where you build one thing and then everyone's like, well, build one here and build one here and build one here. And you're like, okay, now I have 15 of these places in Columbus. And like, that's really cool because everyone could walk two blocks and find you and that's great. But what I'd rather do is build stuff that's fun for me. And like, I can go and get a coffee and a pastry for breakfast and then I can go get a, a sandwich, you know? And like, maybe we'll build a dinner spot. Maybe we'll do a snack spot. And like, I just want to build all these little things that are fun for me. Life is short. Like, I want to do fun things and not just things that make me a bunch of money. So as usual, thanks so much for tuning in and we hope you enjoyed this episode. That's enough for me. Let's get on with the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Conquering Columbus podcast. This is your co-host, Mike. We got Josh and Tim in the booth. What's going on, guys? Oh, man. Tim is just so good at holding out, dude. He's stoic. I win the stalemates. It's every time. What's going every on, time. man? I just ate for the first time today and I'm feeling like coming back alive. You know when you're kind of like you can't see. Can you get that mic any taller, by the way? Maybe. Nobody can see it, but he's got like the mic just stacked as high as it goes. I'm trying to have my posture be Yeah, your proper. posture is impeccable. Though. Yeah, that's all I'm trying to do. Okay, I'm sorry I interrupted, but you haven't so, eaten. Yeah, you just ate. I just ate and my posture is impeccable. So, I mean, can things can't get better. That's good, dude. I am, I'm nowhere near on Tim's level today. I'm just getting by. I'm just crawling through one thing after the next. And I'm uh-huh. very excited for our guest, though. And it is convenient that we're talking about eating. And this is your segue. That's a, that's a good segue to talk about our guest today. And joining us today is Jeff Excel. And Jeff and his wife founded Fox in the Snow in 2014. And today they have three locations across Columbus, including Italian Village, German Village, and New Albany. They also just opened up a sandwich shop called Icarus in the short north. We're really excited to talk with Jeff about his story, the story of Fox in the Snow, and what their plans are for the future. Welcome to Conquering Columbus, Jeff. Hey, how you guys doing? Thanks for having me. Doing well, doing well. Appreciate you joining us. We were able to... Uh, get you on quickly and get you on, you know, we were trying to plan this out for later, but ended up you saved our butts and we know we had a cancellation, but you came in. So we appreciate that. Well, I don't have anything to do. So (laughs) yeah, you're, you said you're about to have a baby in like 10 minutes. Yeah. You're about to have a baby. You have three restaurants, four restaurants. You see, you have nothing to do. I mean, I'm not having the baby. (laughs) I would never claim that, but yes, my child is uh, due pretty soon. Fair enough. Fair enough. So Jeff, one of the first places we'd like to start is just get a little background and your, you know, your story up to this point, kind of how we got here, maybe as far back as have you always lived in Columbus? 
No, not at all. I was born in California, grew up there, you know, messed around in college. Uh, northern northern or Southern? I, I, don't, I won't tell you who in the room is from California. Oh, I'm sure no. you'll figure out in three seconds. Oh, I'm from Northern California. Oh. Yeah, yeah, does yeah. that mean you guys have to fight? Or? Yeah, that's, okay. uh, that's, that's part He's of from the deal. San we Diego. don't like each other. Oh, San Diego's not bad. I no, mean, if you're San from Diego. LA, I, we might have to fight. Right. <laughs> but um, no, from the Bay Area. Um, we can agree on not liking LA, so I, we're on that, the same page. Yes, yes. Always boo in LA <laughs> is my motto in life. And I found myself moving to New York because it was cheaper to live there in 2009, strangely, than San Francisco. Met my wife there or my future wife there. And uh, I was working in coffee shops my whole life. I've been in the service industry for, man, 20 years now. Ugh, that's a long time. And... Um, been working coffee for about 15 of those. We ran, or we didn't run, but I managed a shop in Brooklyn with her and she was the head baker over there. And uh, she went home to Columbus, Ohio one mm-hmm. day for her dad's birthday or something like that. And she's like, oh, let's go out and get like cinnamon rolls and like big hearty pastries and coffee. And, you know, her dad was like, well, you know, there's this and there's this. And she's like, yeah, that's not really like what I want. And uh, he's like, well, you should come back here and, and build it, you know. And so don't, don't, uh, don't throw that kind of bait to my wife. Cause she's like, she'll do it, you know? <laughs> so, uh, she came back to Brooklyn and she was like, Hey, um, I think I might move to Ohio mm-hmm. and build a bakery. And I was like, can I do it with you? And yeah. So yeah, that's kind of how we started. And then we spent the year like thinking of names, like the things that you think are important, but are not important when you're starting a business mm-hmm. and, um, coming up with a business plan. And, uh, we moved back here. I really didn't know where Columbus was. Sorry. I didn't, I had no idea. Me neither. When yeah. I first came here, I, I get do it. now, you know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. so were you, were you guys married when you came back here? Were you just like seriously dating? We were just seriously dating. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's, I kind of took a leap of faith there. That's pretty sweet though. Yeah. Um, we actually opened the shop when we were still dating, but yeah, we found a, we found a garage on Craigslist and we were like, Oh, this is going to be it. You know, when we walked in, it was like trashed and it was like, there was like a toilet in the middle of the building. It was freezing cold. Uh, it was like February and we're like, this is it. This is going to be amazing. And, um, <laughs> signed the lease for 15 years and, uh, yeah, just started building. We got really lucky with where it was. Um, mm-hmm. I'm skipping over like a lot of really important parts. Well, but, we can dig into that. But yeah. what I'm hearing is that Fox in the Snow was an elaborate scheme by your wife's dad to get her to come back to Columbus. That is, I w- yeah. almost mentioned that. I was like, what a dad move to like get his daughter to move back. Because <laughs> I'm thinking of my own daughter. I'm like, I would totally do that. Right. You should just come back and do it yourself. Like, you mm-hmm. know what? It worked. Yeah. And it's yeah. been really nice to have her parents around. So Was that the location on 4th? Yeah. The first one? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about the 15 year lease before the marriage. Like that's that's more yeah. than a marriage. Right. There's only like two ways this this statistically <laughs> that's a lot longer right. than a marriage. Yeah. Yeah. Either the yeah. well, before yeah. So seriously we're... dating, buying a business. <laughs> we're either breaking up terribly and hating each other for the rest of our lives, or we're getting married this business. Or will be it was also an elaborate plan to like yeah. trap. You know, you yeah. were, you were it, like, yeah. you have it, to marry you, me. You now. signed a 15 year <laughs> lease with me. It was actually entrapment. No, yeah. um, she's forced to marry me. Yeah. No, I mean we've been in Brook we were in Brooklyn and we we saw so many of our favorite shops like sign like a three year lease. They would get really popular and then the landlord would be like, Oh, you guys are like on the cover of Time Out in New York. Um, your rent tripled now. Yeah. And so we're like, oh, we're not going to do that. So mm-hmm. we're like, all right, let's lock it in for 15 years. And luckily, Fourth Street is like exploding. And we had, it was not when yeah. we mm-hmm. first started in. Like we saw Seven Sun, we're like, oh, it's a pretty cool place. Um, You know, maybe I'll keep building. So do you think that the success of Fox and the Snow had any impact on that area's growth? I would not claim credit for that. I mean, I would. Let's not lie. <laughs> but with that, 
comes a lot of other things, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, it had to have, like, I know I was going over that area and I would never go over there for maybe Seven Sun once or twice, but like not at a frequent basis just for you guys. And then the more traffic you're driving over there, I mean, everything, it's an ecosystem, right? So yeah, there's a lot of interest in building Fourth Street up, you know, and like there's good and there's bad to that. And the city here doesn't tend to go up as much. It tends to spread. And it was like kind of the next. Yeah. They still had a couple things over there. I lived in um, the Wonder Bread around those years, yeah. 15, 14, 15, 15. Yeah. 15, 16, whatever. It doesn't matter. But that was like, <laughs> it was just like a homeless camp across the street. And then yeah. we saw that development because that was the natural like next street over. Yeah. So it seems like you guys... Got there at the right time. Yeah. There was always a mentality of like, in New York, you don't want to be on Main Street. Mm-hmm. You want to be one street off because it's like the cool little like off the yeah. beaten class place. You know, what we didn't realize was that like the, the main thing that was, was great about it was that we were in a main thoroughfare on going in and out of town and we had a parking lot. Those yep. are the two things yeah. that really like helped. Which you, you're fighting people for space in that parking lot. <laughs> on I've the never daily parked now. there. You I used to like, walk. But you, you could park on 4th Street, which is the, the advantage. It's a battle. But yeah, yeah. you, you got to get there early if you want to park in Spot Fox and Snow. Our sponsor is Waveform Music Group. Andy and Carlin have been working with us to take the production of Conquering Columbus to the next level, and Josh and I cannot be happier with the results. Outside of podcast production, Andy and Carlin are experts in songwriting, music production, and sonic branding for companies of all sizes. And to learn more about them, head to their website, createwaveforms.com. That is createwaveforms.com, and tell them Conquering Columbus sent you. How did you settle on the name? We talked, we looked yeah, we, yeah, over we, that. we glanced over that. Yeah. Where does that come from? Yeah. So that's a reference to a song from a band from like when we were growing up. So it's a Bell and Sebastian song. And okay. we both liked Bell and Sebastian when we were in college. And I kind of said it as a joke. We were like biking to a Bell and Sebastian concert, which is like such a. That's the most Brooklyn sentence I've ever heard. <laughs> we, were, we were biking on our single speeds. Um, but we were, and like they were playing in the park and it was like really exciting because I hadn't seen him in a while. And uh, I was like, oh, what if we called him, call the shop Fox in the Snow as a joke? She's like, that's it. And then everybody tried to talk us out of it. And uh, I think we were, maybe we were just tired of like, you know, thinking of names. Yeah. And so we just stuck with it. Yeah. I think that's totally I'll admit fair. that I have a very hard time not calling it the Fox in the Snow. It's just yeah. Fox in the Snow, correct? <laughs> I think so, yeah. It, but it doesn't matter. You can put the done front. If you're there. from San Diego, you can do whatever you want in this yeah. world. That's fair. At yeah, least you you're not pluralizing it right. or making it plural. Foxes in the snow. Every, everything's like Kroger's or like possessive. Frogs yeah, that in the snows. Be, yeah, yeah, that would be. We get a lot of fox in the holes. <laughs> I kind of like that, though, honestly. Maybe that's a spinoff for a later yeah, time. That's the next one. Yeah, there you go. It's a mil- the, military that's store. <laughs> that's the building that you leave the toilet in, I think. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, okay. Let's let's touch on that. Wait, then. wait. I gotta I gotta continue on that oh, joke because okay, that's okay. a weird to say. You buy the but you rent the building and there's a toilet in the middle of the thing. What do you guys do? You start like just going and clean everything out. Do you hire people to do it? Yeah. Was so, it a functioning toilet or was it just sitting there? I mean, you could probably use it. I don't know. If but it was okay. Yeah, it was an old masonry building. We um started looking for a contractor and like luckily landed on the contractor that we still use, who's, that's awesome. who's fantastic and uh, Axis Construction. If anyone's interested. Um. And uh, found a designer in Brooklyn who we thought was going to be great, which who was, um, you know, questionably great and uh, architect and just like honestly survived on like 30 bucks is what it felt like. I was delivering food for a food delivery system where you like deliver fresh food to people's houses. Mm-hmm. So I do know all these like weird, strange places in Columbus because I've driven every single road. Um, so I did that for a year. I worked at a couple other coffee shops just to like kind of see what a 
what the competition was and meet people. And, um, were you built, you were building out the space this whole time? That yeah. You were doing that? I was always like, yeah, man, we're building a business. And they're like, yeah, yeah, cool dude. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm sure you are. You know, <laughs> right. You got a lot of that. Yeah. It worked out. I can't believe it. In that process, you're building it out. Like is your wife doing all handling all of the, like building out of the menu and what, what you're going to serve or, you know, how did that process go? Yeah. When you're working in a partnership and especially with your significant other, you very, and, and a lot of money's involved. That's not yours you very quickly find what you're good at. Turns out, I thought, I was like, I am, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna design this shop to be so cool and beautiful. Turns out I can't do that. I am really bad at that. My wife is really good at it. And so every beautiful thing in the shop and everything that looks good and perfect in the shop is my wife. Like she thinks about every single detail and that's why the shop looks amazing. And that's why the food looks amazing and tastes amazing. I am good at less than that. I'm good at like management of people and emotions, and I'm good at money. And so I stumbled through managing the shop for the first year until we found one of our first employees who's still with us took over at that point. He's like, dude, you're really bad at this. Like, let me do this ordering thing. And like, you go do whatever you have to do. And so I am, I was for a long time, like the handyman and like, not the handyman, but like the guy who just kind of picked up all the falling pieces. And now my role is more like I push the rock down the hill and then we all try to run and catch up to it. We're going to take a quick break here to thank one of our sponsors, the Burlett Family Foundation. The Burlett Family Foundation is committed to serving as a trusted partner and resource to organizations striving to improve our community here in Columbus. All right, let's get back to the episode. So talk about those early days of scaling the employees. So like, it's just you two in the beginning, right? And then you start hiring employees? Yeah. So no, we hired three baristas and one baker. And uh, it was terrifying because we're like, we don't know what we're going to pay these people. <laughs> um, I think I think our investor had to pay the first payroll, which was also like terrible. Um, but yeah, we hired four people who believed in us, um, which is crazy. And uh, we worked from three in the morning till 10 at night for about six months. And then we walked into our accountant's office and we like, we like pale, we looked crazy. Like we looked insane. And she was like, oh, you guys need, she looked, she's like looking at our numbers. She's like, you guys need to hire more people. I was like, oh, can we do that? She's like, yeah, hire like three more people. And so we immediately hired a bunch of people and scaling's really hard. Scaling's really hard. There's like so many pitfalls on the way that we could talk about later, but like, that first year was so physically difficult. And you also, I mean, there's part of it that's freeing because you're like, I'm just gambling. I'm gambling with house money, essentially. And you're like, it's not house money. It was someone else's money. Someone's money. <laughs> yeah. But like, I can't, you know, after like having 30 bucks in my bank account, you're just like, well, if we lose, I go back to 30 bucks. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. not really because you have to pay for all the equipment. But um, yeah, it was scary. I don't drink coffee, but I do like pastries. And so I've seen the imagery that goes along with it, the pastries, obviously the presentation, everything, but also the design, uh, not just the aesthetic of the inside, but like the logo, the the color schemes, um, the way it's presented, the even even like the hat they can't see. Um, is that your background? Did you tie it up? Did you get tied in with somebody? I just, as someone who's in the creative space, I always appreciate when somebody puts a little bit, the sweatshirts aren't gilded, right? You know, yeah. it's like, there's a little bit of attention to detail. When did that, was that from day one or whose who's insight was that? Because I think that separates your brand a lot from Thank you. another company. That. that is from day one of when my wife was born. She's hmm. like always been a curator. Okay. And like, she's amazing in that way. And she has such a vision for something and she knows exactly what something should look like. 
and she will not accept anything that's not that. I love that. She's not like a tyrant at all about it, but she just is like, no, we need to do it this way. And you're like, yeah, but that's really hard. And she's like, no, no, it has to like, it has to look this way because of this. And you're Mm -hmm. like, you know, and so the first year was difficult because I think inside of me, I was always questioning that and being like, well, how do you know that's going to look good? You know, and like, and then, you know, after a couple months, I was like, oh yeah, you have an eye for this. Like you're a natural. And then now I see it in my son, who's like this little curator. And I'm like, he's like, first we're going to do this. And then we're going to do this. And I'm like, oh no, you, <laughs> you made it out of <laughs> You too. <laughs> um, but that, um, that's something that, you know, in the business world, it's hard to like put an ROI on right away. And yeah. that's something I've had to fight for. But I love seeing that's something that separates your brand from like everybody can make coffee. Obviously there's like qualities that make it different, but the the more things you stack on top of it that you do well, st- makes you stand out, you know? So it's good to see you as being living proof of that. Like if we pay attention to detail, you know, we can make good coffee, we can make good pastries, but let's, let's make sure the space is inviting. Let's make sure the logos are fun. The, the, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. I, so like when we began my, the, like the kind of the three pillars of like what we were building the business on was the deliciousness of our products. Very important. We knew that that would be good. The hospitality, which is what I think I excelled in, no pun intended. I knew that would be good because I knew what I wanted to do hospitality wise. Mm -hmm. And we put equal weight on that deliciousness, hospitality and aesthetics. And so like aesthetics took an equal weight. And I think that's the thing that was, I wasn't seeing other people. I wasn't seeing the aesthetics being emphasized as much as the other two things anywhere else in town at that time. Now that it's like everywhere. But Mm -hmm. at that moment I was like, oh, there's a space here because those three pillars aren't being executed everywhere. And if one of those pillars goes down, you're like, you come in and like, I don't know, there's a dirty dish or something on your table. doesn't look perfect, but the food's really good and the hospitality's really good. People are going to come back. If you can nail two of those things at all times, I think people are going to come back. Speaking of attention to detail, I think, I mean, you said, you know, you mentioned the pastries, like you go into Fox in the Snow and you look at those pastries and every single one of them is like very clearly put together with painstaking detail. And the presentation of the pastries, I think, is something that stands out to me for Fox in the Snow because, yeah, the food's delicious, but it looks delicious just sitting there staring at you from behind the glass. So, But the the thing that I'm curious about is because of kind of the community, each location has very community-centered seating, right? You've got long rows of tables and people kind of jammed in there together. I'm guessing that it was difficult to adjust for COVID. Yeah. I mean, it came, it took us out of our comfort zone. You know, it was like the thing that we were known for, which is like you go into Fox and Snow and you're probably going to see someone in there that you know and it's a great place to meet people because you're sitting really close to them. That all got taken away. And so, you know, and it took away a lot of the aesthetics because we can't have pastry sitting out in front of people who are coughing or whatever. And so a lot of that third pillar got taken away. And so that was really difficult. Last year was very, very difficult. Yeah. And what did you guys do when COVID hit? Like, did you shut down at, at all for any given period of time or how did you guys make it through the process? Yeah. COVID was the best and the worst year and a half so far of our business. Um, it We immediately shut down for about two and a half months um, and then we got some PPP money. So we laid everyone off and it was 86 people. Oh, wow. I kept one person on so that we could keep all of our health insurance on. Um, and yeah, it was really difficult. Everybody came back and opened the shops one by one, which is also difficult because every single pastry is made like painstakingly by hand every single day. And so to build that reserve of pastries back up is really difficult. It takes weeks of like skilled 20 bakers or whatever to do all that stuff. 
And so we slowly built back our reserves. We opened Forest Street. We opened uh, New Albany and German Village finally and just did kind of walk-in, takeout style. But um, yeah, it forced us to, last last couple of years forced us to do a lot of things that were really essentially good for the business, but we didn't. it didn't feel good at all. And so having investors, like have you guys been going into this thinking that you would build uh, a few key products and scale the brand and try to go as many locations and franchises or, or whatever that looks like at scale? Or is it more, hey, let's get a good base going, keep it privately owned, cash flow it and pay back investors that way? What's the strategy been? So we have one investor, one investor who's an angel investor. Um, me and my wife own a third each. And so we have a majority. Um, but yeah, the angel investor is great and they're family and they don't, you know, interfere too much. And so we don't have to worry about like VCs looking over our shoulder uh, I will say last year forced us into a d- making decisions about what we want to do with the brand in general. And it kind of forced us to say like, well, what do we want out of this? Like, yeah, we could like, we came from a model of Blue Bottle, which is just like make a couple shops and then like sell it to VCs and shoot it to the moon, which is like, I love the people who started that place. It was great for a while and like it's changed a lot and it's probably still good, but it's different. I think we just had, me and my wife just sat down we made a decision. We were like, we would rather run less shops and be happy. And I, I want to be able to walk in those shops and like look people in the eye and, and know that I'm not like screwing them over. You have to, I mean, last year, everybody kind of started realizing that, and this is stupid. This is something I should have realized earlier as someone who worked for 15 years in the service industry. But like you need to pay people what they're worth. You need to pay people enough to make it worth it for them to stay there. And like, and so we made a conscious decision decision to give everybody a raise during the pandemic. And we just decided to take less margin. And so we just cut our margin basically in half. And we're just like, let's put more money into people. Let's put more money into making this a quality place to work. And then I would love to like sit here and take credit for this. This is actually mainly pushed on us by a couple really amazing employees and our regional manager, Khalil. And it just has felt so much better ever since where we're paying people well, we're giving health insurance, we have a ton of benefits, we have PTO, and we're just trying to make it the best place to work in the food industry in Columbus. And I think by doing that, we would be able to, you know, I don't want to say steal, but like take talent. Robert Hada, who we had on the show at one point, he's a talent partner over Drive Capital. And he just talked about like not steal or poach. People don't get poached right? You no. lose people. Yeah. You lose people. And if you lose pe- someone, you lose them for a reason. Right. Because there's a better place to work somewhere. And so we just wanted to make sure there was no better place to work. It's also a cool vibe when you walk into places. So like, this is going to be a bit of a stretch analogy, but I think you'll follow me. So if you look at somebody who does deliveries, like I've had, I bought a house recently and a bunch of deliveries come to the house and random companies. And then all of a sudden you get a company like Peloton that comes in and their employees and you know that they're really well paid. You know that like there's a lot of money back in the company and just the way they treat things, the way that they talk to you is like a total different experience. They're still delivery people for the product, no different than the 13 other people that came, but the experience and everything about it was a totally different from all the other people I dealt with. And I think what happens is you see the same thing in, in different service places. You know what? You go around places in Columbus and there's turnover constantly. You walk over, you're always talking to somebody different. They don't really treat you like it's their business. They just treat you like they're there to work. Yeah. Uh, but when you take the strategy you guys have taken, you walk in, it feels like, okay, this is this is a part of my career. This is something I'm in for long term. This isn't just something that I'm here to punch a, a pay clock, you know. But I'm curious how that has sparked into the growth of what you have four locations now plus Icarus that just opened. Like, can you talk to us a little bit about how things have been over the last six months and, and the growth? 
Yeah, so we started looking at Icarus right before the pandemic, and it was sealed off on space. And we were like, oh, this is perfect. Pandemic hit, and I was like, yeah, we can't do this. Um, and then, you know, you get PPP money, which is great. And it was a little bit more than we needed, which was fantastic. And so, you know, if you look at, like, the guidelines of what to do with that money, it's just employ more people. And so that's what we wanted to do. And so we used some of it, and we used, um, you know, some of our income um, that I have on the side to build Icarus. And we felt like opening a sandwich shop in the middle of a pandemic was a little sketchy, but also it made more sense. Like we took away a lot of the seats and like, you know, during the last two years, a lot of people got used to walking into place, grabbing a bag and walking out. And for me, that felt like a sandwich spot, you know? Also, I love sandwiches so much. And so where's the space? It's so it's like the old Laughlin space. It's right behind the lampshade store, which is run by fantastic ladies. And uh, right across the street on second Avenue from Chipotle. It's also cool because it feels like you guys are continuing to bring little pieces that you liked from New York city into Columbus. Yeah, I just, we, yeah, like that was one of the other part of the decision, which was like, we want to, like, we love Fox and Snow and it'd be great to like put a Fox and Snow in Dublin. Like I've always wanted to do that. Find me a spot in Dublin. If anyone's listening, like find me a spot and we could talk about the finances of finding a spot later, which is my favorite subject, but I would love to do that. But I would also just love to build, I think there's this, like this thing in Columbus where you build one thing and then everyone's like, We'll build one here and build one here and build one mm-hmm. here. And you're like, okay, now yeah. I have 15 of we these places in sure. Columbus. And like, that's really cool because everyone could walk two blocks and find you. And that's great. But what I'd rather do is build stuff that's fun for me. And, and like, I can go and get a coffee mm-hmm. and a pastry for breakfast. And then I can go get a, a sandwich, you know, and like, maybe we'll build a dinner, a dinner spot and maybe we'll do a snack spot. And like, I just want to build all these little things that are fun for me. I don't, you know. Life is short. Like, I want to do fun things and not just things that make me a bunch of money. Like, right. that's not as important to me. I did think instead of dinner, you're going to say dentist. And I'm like, oh, I can't wait to see the spinoff. So you go and then you can eat some pastries. You get a couple cavities. Get it fixed. And then you swing over to the dentist yeah. next door. And then you got customer retention. You're vertically integrated. Those, yeah. Co- yeah, vertically those concepts vertically. definitely like we feed are each other. Full service for your entire <laughs> digestive system. So we do dental, yeah. <laughs> esophageal, all that stuff, yeah. plus food. We'll feed you and take care of you. There you go. Where'd the name from that one come from? Was that another song? Oh, Icarus was a, the, like the running joke between me and my wife. Cause like, I think year two, I was like, we should build a sandwich spot. And, and I'm sure she was like rolling her eyes, but. Getting too close to the sun or whatever. No. Yeah. It's like, it, it follows the Greek myth. If you don't know that it's that, you know, it would be that we, we thought we were too great. Right. Don't strive for too much. Yeah. And we, we push ourselves too much, too far and like, you know, like, oh yeah, we can't, we can't miss. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, we're the. <laughs> We're the creators of Fox and Snow. We're going to create good things always. And so, like, I don't know. There's still a chance it's our Icarus. It's doing well, though. So, I don't know. That's awesome. Hey, everybody. Mike here. We're going to take a quick break to talk about one of our sponsors, One Columbus. And we are very excited to partner with One Columbus. They really, really share the same vision as us here at the Conquering Columbus podcast, which is really building up the Columbus region to be one of the most prosperous regions in the United States. And One Columbus serves as the business location resource for companies across central Ohio and around the world as those companies grow, innovate, and compete within the global economy. And they help us lead a regional growth strategy that develops and attracts the world's most competitive companies, grows a highly adaptive workforce, and prepares our communities for the future, inspiring innovation across the board. Their mission really is just ensuring the Columbus region is a vibrant place to build businesses and careers. So again, we really appreciate all of their support. You want to learn more about them, go check out their website, columbusregion.com. That's columbusregion.com. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll be right back into the episode. 
What is the hype like? I feel like whenever you guys do things, like you released the recipe over COVID, right? For the biscuits, am I remember that correctly? Yes. And then like the sandwich shop, I get a lot of excitement across social media and stuff. Whenever you guys do that, uh, is it just from the following or is it, does it come from your background on the journalism side of things? No, I, I don't have a background in journalism. I wish I did. That'd be cool. I was totally off on that one, huh? That's okay. For some reason, I thought you, I thought, I thought it said you enjoy writing. What, where was I reading that? Oh man, that might be my really old LinkedIn page. There it is, dude. So don't, do not look me up don't on LinkedIn. Me. <laughs> don't hate me for being good at research. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you did his job. Failed writer. I will say that. My wife's actually a writer, which is crazy. Um, anyways, um, what was the question? <laughs> I think Josh. Was it wasn't a great one, honestly. <laughs> so when, I, what, how, do, how do you guys oh, get the hype? So, you know, yeah, you got, you know you got what? such a good following and brand. It probably comes with brand reputation, all the it's, things you uh, do right. But. It's the third leg. It's the yep. aesthetics. Mm-hmm. I think the aesthetics of our shop fit perfectly in with Instagram. And Instagram was a huge driver. And we didn't really plan that, but it really worked out that way. And so, you know, it's like the sign on our building. We didn't, we'd planned to put Fox and Snow on the building, but I think there's like this fee in Columbus where you have to pay like, 700 bucks or something to put a sign up. And we were like, we're not going to pay 700 bucks. <laughs> and so we paid an art student, like, you know, hundred bucks to paint the, the Fox on the side of the thing. And people started taking pictures of him in front of it. And so it was <laughs> suddenly like this thing to take a picture in front of. And that kind of exploded our Instagram presence and, you know, for better, I mean, it is for better. Instagram's a little hard for me sometimes, but it's really worked out. Yeah. Free advertising is good. It really is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, we, that's kind of our motto is to never advertise. So sorry, magazines and stuff. Josh, when you were starting that question, I thought you were going to say you get really excited about food and new food in Columbus. That's the, I thought you were like, I get really excited. I'm like, yeah, he does like food. That's true. That's not that's not an understatement. I do get very excited. I'm a big fan of cinnamon rolls. Oh, yeah. And pretty much everything you guys do. Breakfast Josh, sandwiches. Big fan. So No, you don't know Wi-Fi. I was always going to ask you about that. Why don't you guys have Wi-Fi? I mean, the original thought behind that is that we kind of stole that idea. Like the place in Brooklyn that we worked at didn't have Wi-Fi for the customers. It was basically like, you're on your phone all day and we wanted the shop. Like you'll you'll notice that in the shop, there's no extra words anywhere or like advertisements or community boards. Sorry, communities. But, Are they going to survive? I know. I, I just, I think for me, I feel like any kind of visual break you can get during the day is really important. And seeing a bunch of words everywhere you go, like we're seeing words and advertisements every single place we go. And so to be able to walk into a space where there, none of that exists, there's no art, there's no posters, there's no community boards, there's no computer screens. Well, there are, but you know, we're not going to provide you internet to do that. We just wanted people to walk in, get food, get really loud, and it, is get, it does get really loud in there and talk to each other and meet new people. We just wanted it to be like an actual community place instead of like, quote unquote, community place. That makes sense. So what are the goals for the future? I mean, you got all these things going on at once. You're about to have a kid. Yeah. You seem bored. Yeah, I'm so bored. No, we have a spot that we have to build into something soon and we'll, we'll figure that out. That's kind of like under the radar, but I'm not really gonna tell you where that's at. I have, we have a couple more ideas and then I'm always looking for a space in Dublin. Um, I think he really wants to go to Dublin. <laughs> right, right. No. Um, somebody, somebody call Somebody in. call me. Um, no, but uh, there was some talk of, of going out of state, but that's so difficult. You know, it's really planning for the future. There's only so many pieces of the pie financially in food. And so every slice I give to a developer, I give to like for flights to another state or whatever is less of a slice of a pie I can give to my employees. So we have to be very intentional about how we grow. We have to be very careful about 
overstepping. We definitely overstepped when we built New Albany because we sunk ourselves into debt and it was really hard because I couldn't give raises for a long time and it was t- felt terrible. The whole year felt terrible. So you just, we never want to be in that position again. So growing's hard, but like we do have a couple of uh, more ideas and that aren't Fox in the Snow. Put that out there. So keep an eye out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think uh, that might be a good place to head towards our last question unless you guys got anything else. See a couple of shaking heads. So, uh, oh yeah, no. Oh, there you go. Thanks. Uh, Not a visual medium. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Nobody, nobody could see you guys shaking your heads. (laughs) Just dead silence. Uh, But Jeff, our uh, last question is centered around the theme here on Conquering Columbus, and that theme is live uncomfortably. And without telling you too much about why we chose that particular phrase for a show that's largely about entrepreneurs, business owners, what do you think of when you hear it? How do you apply it to your life and career? How do I apply apply live uncomfortably to my life? Yeah, it's a very broad question. Hmm. That is a good question. Um, I, I'm always a little uncomfortable because I don't ever stop. When I stop, I get bored. And so I'm always pushing myself like the, the terrible metaphor I said earlier of pushing the rock down the hill. We always kind of decide to do something and push the rock down the hill. And then we're like, oh my God, we have to catch that rock before it like destroys our business. So we always put ourselves in, in an uncomfortable spot to get something done. And so that's kind of my job is to make, make that first push. So yeah, I definitely live that a little bit. It's kind of like uh, who's the guy? Who's the guy that pushes the rock up the hill and then watches it roll down and then pushes the rock back up again? Existential Greek dude. I think that's the rock. No, 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 Sisyphus. I think it's Sisyphus. It is Sisyphus. Kind of like Sisyphus. Is that name of the next place? Sisyphus. That could be. Yeah. Greek theme. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Keep the Greek theme going. Well, Jeff, it's been great talking to you. We really appreciate you coming on to talk about Fox in the Snow, Icarus, and everything else you have going on. And uh, thanks. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah. And Conquerors, thanks for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed that episode. If you did, leave us a like. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Your support really does help us out. We will talk to you next week. <laughs>